Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. Now let's listen to Pastor Dave Crocker. The theme that, as a church, we have launched this year is the whole idea of finding true north. The, the metaphor that we've been using is a compass, and, and the idea is that all of us make decisions based on a whole number of factors, based on our, our upbringing, the family that we're in, based on uh, our moral code, based on our friends, based on what society tells us is acceptable, and we have these reference points all over the place that inform our decision-making. And we talked about, as Christians, when we're followers of the ways of Jesus, our reference points should change. Instead of referencing in uh, a whole lot of other things, we should be referencing in the things that Jesus teaches us about how to live life. The idea of of finding true north came about because, uh, I'm not sure if you're all aware, maybe you haven't been here in the last few weeks, but magnetic north is the, the point that our compass responds to. It responds to the Earth's magnetic field, but actually true north is slightly different to magnetic north because magnetic north is a constantly shifting thing based on the, the core of the Earth and how the rotations and all of the sciencey pieces go. Magnetic north is a moving point, and we reference that as being like the world. The things that the world tells us is okay and acceptable and how we should live our life is like magnetic north. But centering our life on God is finding our true north. It's not about attending church, but becoming the kinds of people that Jesus teaches us to be. And as I said, our, our metaphor, Alison, if we could put the next slide up, our metaphor is the compass. And we talked about, uh, the, as a church, the two things that we say we're about. If you're new here and you're wondering what we're all about, we say as a church, there are only two things that I really care about you remembering, that we love God and we love people. We, we got rid of all of the wonderful words I spent weeks and months crafting and all of the strategy stuff and just said, look, at the end of the day, none of you remember all our vision pieces and all those mission pieces. We just want you as a people to remember that we as a church are about two things. Love God, love people. We spent a bunch of time talking about that and, I, and I, that, that hasn't shifted. And for me, I don't think that'll ever shift. My primary call, not just as a Christian, but as a, as a person, is to love God and love people. And I think sometimes we, we can be really good at one of those or the other of those. But as a group, as a family, we're saying, this church, we're here to love God and love people. They're our main focus. And then we added in our twin missions. As a church, our mission, we are a church, and our mission is to reach our community, to make that our community would be different because we exist. So we've got the four points of our compass. We love God and we love people. We are a church family and we're here to reach our community. And I find it really helpful using a picture, a metaphor like a compass, because it just keeps things nice and neat and aligned for me. And and we've begun last week preaching our way around the compass. I preached a message on God. If you weren't here, I want to encourage you to listen to that message. It's not actually on our website yet because the podcast didn't get put up, but uh, it will be soon. And, and, and I found last 
the, in, in the whole preparing of our message last week, I found it really helpful for understanding who God is and his plans and purposes for us. And we talked about four key things that, that is unfolds through our Bible. The story of our, of our Bible, it was the story of creation. It's the story of, of the fall. It's the act of redemption that we see in Jesus Christ and then the restoration that happens as a result of what he has redeemed. Four pieces, I, I talked about it in language of being like, if you had your Bible broken into four chapters, those would be the four chapters that inform everything else. So when you're reading your Bible, when you're, you're reading stories or you're trying to get, understand some insight, we can understand it in reference of those four things. Creation, God's original plan for us as a group of people, that, that we can see what his plan would be in the beginning and then the fall, sin entered the world and, and what was lost in that. And then the redemption of Jesus Christ coming here on earth, living as a man, dying without sin so that he could take our sin upon his shoulders so that we could be redeemed. We could be bought. The blood of Jesus Christ paid for our sin and then the restoration, becoming the kind of people that God is calling us to be. And ultimately, when Jesus Christ comes again and he will come again, restoring all things new, restoring us to us that which was lost in the fall. So we're going to continue uh, today preaching our, our way around the compass. And the second thing that I wanted to talk about today was the second part of the compass being church. Now, over the last couple of years, I, in fact, since I've been here, I've talked about the church a lot. I, I, I've, last year, I, I preached a series of messages on, on the purpose of church and all of that. And, and look, I don't really want to kind of get back into all of that, but I do want to touch space on on some things because it's good to, to do a refresher on some of that and then towards the end I'm going to change gears entirely but that'll all make sense in a minute. Before we begin, it's important to understand that we are a church, little c, but we're also part of the church, big C. That The church of Jesus Christ is so much bigger than us as a group of people. There's a few of us here today represented here in this church, and that's fantastic. And all over Penrith, all over Western Sydney, Sydney, Australia, today churches are meeting. In fact, I did some research, and there are an estimated 37 million churches in the world. That's a lot of churches. In fact, that's one church for every 200 people alive. It's no wonder the average church size is below 30 around the world. That's a lot of churches because this thing that we have, that we hold, it matters. I, I love that, that Jesus Christ says that we get to be part of this church, Big C, international church, through which the gates of hell will not prevail. We are the church that will overcome all, excuse me, my voice is going this morning, all that hell has. And he chose us to be part of that. He did not come for a denomination or a style or a structure, but he came for a group of people. And let's not lose sight of the fact that what we do here is just part of the expression of the church of God all over the world. One of the biggest values that I talk about when it comes to church is something that if you've been around here for a while, you'll have heard me talk about a lot, is that we're building a church for our convictions, not for our preferences. When it comes to preferences, all of us are different. 
the way you like to do church is probably different to the way I like to do church. The way the types of songs that you like to sing are probably different to the types of songs I like. The types of things that you enjoy in a church can be completely different. And any church that tries to build itself on keeping people happy, on fulfilling preferences, is doomed to fail. You just can't do it. Because the moment I choose to keep you happy, I'm trying to make someone else, I'm going to make someone else unhappy. And so rather than saying we're building a church on our preferences, we say we're building a church on our convictions, the things that to us that really matter. Because the only way to do it is agree on what more than how. Substance is more important than style. Who has a higher value than how? And having said that, the way we go about things still matters. We don't just say, look, we're building on our convictions, on our preferences, so what we do doesn't really matter, because it does matter. Because we want to come to somewhere where we engage and we enjoy, and that's why today all over Penrith there are different types of churches doing different styles of service that are still the church and still an incredibly valid expression of who Jesus Christ is. They're just doing it different to us. So we do have a flavour and a style, and we do do things together in a certain way, And part of that is because we're trying to break down some of the barriers that exist between us and a world that thinks the church is no longer relevant. An example I used a few years ago was Ikea. I don't know if some of you remember me talking about the Ikeaization of church. Ikea as an organisation have done an incredible job of identifying all the things that limit us spending money in their stores. They've worked through the whole retail thing and gone, how do we get as much money out of these people as we can? Well, we want them to spend a long time in our store. How do we do that? We make it so confusing that you can't go in in and out quickly, right? You've got to walk around the whole store. And they give you these little shortcuts that make you feel like you're saving time. But the reality is, once you walk in that door at Ikea, you are committed. You are there, right? What's one of the limitations of spending a long time there? I, I don't know about you, but I get hungry. Meatballs, right? Swedish meatballs, like, come on now. It's one of the reasons I go to Ikea to eat meatballs and bring some home so that as a family we can have meatballs at home and we've got the little jar of the the jammy, saucy thing they have, the whole lot. We love it. They've thought through a lot of what is a barrier for us in retail. Other stores do it as well. Different stores have different strategies about how they go about it. But what they have in common is they think about the barriers that exist for them and then they work about systematically removing them. We as a church, we're not a commercial enterprise, but the principles should still exist. We stop and we think about the barriers that exist between someone who's never been to church or hasn't been to church since they were a little child, walking in the doors, what it is like for them, what the experience of being in a new community for the very first time is like, what it's, it's like when we come to this incredibly foreign environment. Now, for most of you, this is not a foreign environment, but if you've never been to church before, you're sitting quite close to someone you may not know, We're singing songs that you don't know. I mean, we're singing. That's a bit weird. And and people in here, some of you are weird. You lift your hands up and stuff. And then we have this little bread in this cup and we take an offering. I mean, who does that? Just stop and think about it like that for a minute. What we do is actually weird. 
You're weirdos, a lot of you. It's okay, I'm the professional weirdo. I'm paid to be weird. What we do in this community is very different to what people experience in their normal day, everyday life. But that's okay. Because we go to environments that are different than our everyday life all the time. We go to places we don't normally go to, and that's part of the... It's a benefit, going and experiencing something we don't experience. But as a community, we need to stop and think about the kind of things that would limit people deciding that this is a place that they want to connect into. A couple of days ago, I was getting the phone in my uh, battery of my phone replaced. And, and I took Mitchell in and we're sitting there and we're in the Apple store. And, and he asked me a great question. He said, Dad, why are there so many staff members in here? And at that particular time, there was one staff member for about every two or three people in the store. And I thought, what a, a great question and an insight from him. He's, he's actually recognised this is different to any other shop that I've been into. He'd never been into an Apple store that I know of before. And it's like, ah. And I imagine what it would be like to sit there and go, I just want one of everything. Like, that would be a cool conversation to have. But they've thought through certain things. And I want us as a, as a community to go, you know what, we're here because of our convictions, the things that matter to us, the things that Jesus talks about that are important. And we're going to keep our attention focused on that rather than, oh, I don't like this and I don't like that. And some of those things do matter, as I said. But it's about our convictions. And there are so many reasons why church doesn't work for so many people. And one of our challenges is to think through those things and begin to limit their impact. You might be perfectly comfortable with most of what we do, but you're not our sole concern. Sorry, but I'm not really sorry about that. Because here's a big one for us. We seek to build a church that unchurched want to attend. As a church, we could build a service and build this church family and community in such a way that everyone that is part of it loves it and is comfortable and all your needs are met and you just you love it. And churches that do that grow old together and die. And unfortunately, all over the world, churches close their doors all the time. And one of the reasons for that is we, they become inward-focused rather than outward focused. And I refuse to let us as a church be a church that is focused on ourselves. Yep, we, we, we love you. It's part of our, our thing. We love people. But we love people enough that we want them to connect with who Jesus Christ is. And we want to set about building an environment that is welcoming to those that have not experienced church or have not experienced church in a long time. And there's one reason, and it's an important one, that you don't get a lot of exegetical teaching out of me and all the depths of theology and all of that because it doesn't connect with a world that is looking for answers, a world that has lost hope, a world that is broken and crying out for something to make sense to them. And so when we do things here, when I, I use theological terms or when we, 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 we get into some teaching, we actually take the time to explain it hopefully in language that makes sense. And some of you want to go a whole lot deeper than you get here on a Sunday morning, and that is great because there are so many resources for you to do that. I cannot be your primary source of knowledge about who God is. I can't teach you everything you need to know, and if you're looking to me to do that, I'm sorry, you're going to be sorely disappointed. I'm part of the solution. I am not the solution. 
And I love that we live in a world that is so incredibly accessible that you can sit in your computer at home and you can listen or watch anything you want because there is some amazing stuff. I watch other churches. I, I, I don't know if you rec- realise, but when I come here on a Sunday morning, I'm, I don't get fed, right? A lot of us come to church to get fed. And, and, and there's a time and a place for, for having that input. But it's not always here. When I come on a Sunday morning, I'm giving out. And I want us to be a people that come to give, come to give of ourselves, come to give of our time and our energy to bless others. I, I love listening to other pastors and, and, and worshipping and all of those kind of things. And I love that I can do it wherever I am. So we seek to build a church that the unchurched want to attend. And one of the pieces of feedback that we get here a lot is that we are a friendly and welcoming church. A lot of new people I talk to comment on that about us. And so from your elders, let me say thank you. Thank you for being a church that welcomes people. Thank you for being a church that takes the time to talk to someone and introduce yourself. But let me encourage you this. Don't stop. Don't stop being that. In fact, let's get better at it. The, the, the real key for us is not do we say hi to someone here on a Sunday, but do we get to know them through the week? Do we have them in our house? Have we had coffee with people? Are we connecting with people? And that's part of why we're doing the zone barbecues and bits and pieces because it's got to go beyond a Sunday morning. So let's realise that not everything we do you're going to like, but we usually do it for a reason. And I've had numerous people come up, Dave, why do we, why do, we do that? Or why do we do that? And I don't mind those questions at all. In fact, if, if you're confused about why we do something the way we do it, come and talk to me because there's probably a really, really good reason. And if there's not a really good reason, maybe I need to think through why we are doing it the way we're doing it. Come and engage with us because change is uncomfortable, but change is necessary in an ever-changing world. As a pastor, uh, sorry, a pastor that I really love is a man by the name of Andy Stanley. And he says this particular quote, marry the mission, date the model. And when he says that, he says, guys, go home and tell your wives, I told them, told you it's okay to date the model. Go and date the model. But you marry the mission. And what, what he means by that is that the things that, the way that we do what we do can change and will change. And I hope we constantly are evolving and growing and, and, and continuing to evaluate the how that we do. But the why behind it doesn't necessarily need to change. Really quick this morning, there are four metaphors used to describe the church. I preached on two of them last year, but let's remind ourselves of, of four, the four metaphors. The first metaphor that the church, that used for the church is that the church is a family. We're often referred to as a family in the Bible, and it's probably one of the images of the church that you're most familiar with. A lot of you would, would see this as your church family. I, I use that, that language a, a lot, and it's important that as if we are going to, understand that metaphor that that we talk about the fact God is our father and that as members of this church we are brothers and sisters there are older Christian brothers and sisters that we can look to for advice there are younger ones that we can look to help and, and, and help them understand and grow and just as a regular family loves and care for each other we have a responsibility to love and care for each other as well A second metaphor that gets used is that the church is a body specifically the body of Christ 
It's an image for us to help to understand that the body has arms and feet and eyes and ears and all different parts, and each part has its own function and role to play. And it's no point in hand trying to be a foot and an ear trying to be an eye. It doesn't work. And it's about us learning to understand who we are and where we fit in this body because we've all got different gifts that God has given us and we all use them in different ways. Another image that I talked about last year is that the church is a bride. We're called the bride because that's an image for us of how much God loves us. As As a groom loves his bride, as a bride loves the groom, that's the image that God has for us of, of how we should be this, this love, this self-sacrifice, this desire to make the, the other grow the other and, and help them be the centre of the world around us. God loves the church. Another image is that an image of a temple. The imagery for the temple comes from the Old Testament. They built an incredible uh, temple in Jerusalem. It was a magnificent building where, where God lived and God housed in the Ark of the Covenant that was, was put in the Holy of Holies. And we can understand a whole lot of, around what that looks like. But the imagery for us unfolds as we come into the New Testament where we are the temple. And through God's Holy Spirit, He lives and dwells in us. No longer do we have to go to the temple and have someone else be the intermediary between us and God. When Jesus Christ died and the temple veil was torn in two from top to bottom, we had access into the presence of God. We had access to God for ourselves through Jesus Christ. You don't need to come to me to to, to make your sins go away and to fix things in your world. You have access to God for yourself. And I love that. I love that I have the Holy Spirit living and dwelling in me. I love that the Bible talks about an accident, it's in him that we live and move and have our being. We exist together. And the final image this morning of, of the church is that the church is a lampstand. It's one of the big images that, that is particularly revealed towards the end of the, the book of Revelation. And, and the idea of the church being a lampstand or a, a lamp on a stand is that, that we're supposed to be a light into the darkness of this world. We're supposed to reflect the light of Christ, of God and who He is. We're supposed to be a shining beacon for those that are lost and trying to find somewhere to call home. Those that are desperate for answers, we're supposed to be a lamp. And I love that in this church, in so many ways, we shine so brightly in our community. We actually do make a difference in the lives of many people here in this area. It's one of the things that I love most about this church, our heart for our community. Those are the five metaphors that the Bible uses around a church. Having said all that this morning and given some insight into who we are and perhaps what we're about, I want to make a shift today. But if you're visiting, I I really do apologise because this is kind of a little bit of in-house business and I've just talked about a message of breaking down barriers and kind of all of that. And then I'm going to do a little bit of business, which is a complete opposite of, of what I've actually talked about but there's a reason behind all that, and, and, and I hope it, it, it will make kind of sense, and especially if this is somewhere that you're looking to explore to be your church home. As Richard was here this morning, the timing was kind of ideal, talking about who Fresh Hope is. We are part of Churches of Christ in New South Wales, an organisation called Fresh Hope. 
And one of the things about Fresh Hope is that it's governed by an act of parliament, in particular when it comes to our properties and, and how we deal with the assets in this particular movement. And one of the, the legal pieces that, that churches of Christ have to do is we have to maintain an act of membership. A member is, is a, a, a person in the life of the church that has fulfilled the obligations of membership, that has a voice into shaping things like changing our constitution and stuff like that. While we are, as a church, organic in so many ways, we are also an organisation. And in this church, we, we've transitioned from the language of being a member to being a partner. See, a partner is someone who is determined that this is their church family. It's someone who's an active participant in the life of church. A partner is simply more than, is, is more than simply attending. A partner recognises that they are the church and that they have a role to play as part of the body of Christ in this particular church. Simply put, a partner is someone who is invested in this church family. And, and as part of the process we went through last year, we uh, agreed to change the language around that and, and the, there was a simple covenant that we would make as partners in the life of this church. Having received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour and being in agreement with Penrith Church of Christ's vision, vision values and strategy, I now commit myself to unite with this church family. While there's a legal requirement to, to have a membership because members get a say in things, for us, I think it goes so much deeper than that. The people that we want to have a voice in shaping who we are are the people that are invested in this church family, not people who simply show up once every six months or when there happens to be a vote. So today we wanted to provide an opportunity for people to take home the, the partnership covenant that, uh, that we established um, and began talking about at the end of last year. And if you are visiting, take one with you because you might get a little bit of more insight into who we are and kind of what we're about. And so what I'm asking this morning is, if this is your church family, will you consider partnering with us? Will you consider formalising that in some way? And, and many in this room are members and have been members, but what we're asking is that you would prayerfully consider whether partnership is right for you. And so we've got this document that we've put together explaining some of what it is to be a partner. And, and there are four things that I talk about, the kind of things that a partner would do. And just briefly, they experience God through discipleship. They engage with one another in relationship. We equip ourselves to serve through good stewardship of our resources and we express our purposes. And we go into that in a little bit of detail in there. And there's also a partnership covenant thing where you can fill out your details and say, yep, this is for me. This is what I want to do. And included in that is this other uh, document that we've put together, which has been circulated in the past anyway, but it's the, the five pillars of our ethos, talking about the kinds of things that we as a church place value on. We've talked about loving God and loving people, and those are our central things, but underpinning that are some values. And, and, and there's five key values that we have as, as a church, and I'm not going to re-preach these, but the, the Christ, we're Christ-centred. We're discipleship-focused, we're kingdom-minded, we're community-hearted, and we're relationship-orientated. And, and 
look, we don't always get those things right. We've got a lot of ground to, to cover in some of those areas to, to get it really bedded in and cemented. But that this is part of who we are. So before you go today, in fact, as you're walking out the door, Marion's going to have a whole bunch of these. And we just want to encourage you to grab a booklet for your family. And if there's multiple members of your family, you can grab some extra covenant forms. And, and, and consider whether this is, is right for you because as we continue to, to, to move forward and continue to do things, we are going to ask you to be part of some of those conversations as, as we, as a church family, move forward together. So I'm, I'm sorry for, for you that there was a little bit of church business in there, but the good thing is you kind of get some insight into who we are as a group, as an organisation and, and what we're about because... We this what we do here does matter, and, and to me it matters a lot. Sundays are really important, but it's not all we're about. And I look forward to continuing talking about what it means in the, in the people category. I've got a great message brewing for next week, and then what we mean when we talk about our community worship team. You can come and join me. One of the things that I love most about how God set things up is that he asked us to be part of the answer. He gave us an opportunity to be part of his family and that he, he instituted this thing called a, the church for us to make a difference in the world around us. God, we thank you that you loved us enough that you made a way but God, you believe in us enough that you allow us to be part of the answer here on earth. God, we pray as a church that as a church, as we grapple with what it means to be here in, in Penrith and who we are and, and what we do moving forward, that God, you'll lead us with wisdom. God, you'll give us revelations and insights into what the future does look like for us as a group. God, help us to be faithful to our heritage, but help us to embrace our future. God, help us to continue to step into all that you have for us here in this city, in this nation, in the nations of the world. God, we pray for Janelle today as she is on board, flying off to Nepal today. God, go be with her again, we pray. Protect her through this journey. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org www.cofcpenrith.org